Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Uh, welcome to the show. We're I'm so happy to have you with me today. I am flying solo today. If you're watching me on YouTube, you don't see JC this afternoon. And uh, I, I understand the whole Mueller thing's going on today. We're going to wait a day, let the dust settle, go over everything, and then see what happens. Um, but from what I've seen so far, I, this is just, you know, really, really nothing new. Uh, I've been pretty busy today, haven't been able to actually watch anything live. So we'll go, go back and look through it, pick through the rubble, and see what actually comes out in the end as fact or fiction or or one thing or another but I can tell you that I'm hearing from people all over the place that that Mueller is is just absolutely pathetic in disguising his efforts to avoid real answers and real uh, avoid answering real questions with real answers. So, like I said, this is not going to be a show about Mueller today. This is a show about other things today. You're going to get that from everybody else. I would rather not... See, I'm not a scoop, right? My interest is not in breaking a story because this is what happens. These journalists get so hyped up on breaking a story, being the first to bring the news, to bring that, that they sacrifice real thought, real journalism, and, and real truth finding in that. I think that there's something to be said about listening, processing, analyzing, till we can actually come out. I would rather take a little bit longer to bring you something of substance and importance than to jump on something that absolutely everybody in the universe is talking about and then maybe even have to come back later and correct myself because I didn't take the time to actually know what's going on. We know the media doesn't do that, right? They don't care about correcting themselves. They'll just go ahead and keep speaking. They're not gonna tell you the truth anyway, right? What they're going to tell you is what they want to take away from this. I'm already scanning the headlines, right? And in scanning these headlines, you can tell the left, the right, the the conservative, the republic, the the uh, liberal, the Democrat, the Republican spins on them by just simply the headlines. You've got the exact same event being reported by 16 different places 
with 16 different perspectives, some of them complete opposites. Mueller has nothing to say. This is a big nothing burger. It's time to end this. New stuff. Mueller proves this. Mueller proves that. Seriously, people, how can the same people you know, different people watch the exact same event, an event, by the way, that is going to be transcribed, an event where you can listen to it over and over and over again so you can actually hear it if you want to take the time to do that. So that's the question, though, isn't it? How many people are actually going to take the time to do that instead of just simply ingesting their Fruit Loops? How many people are going to want to, you know, actually take the time to whip up a really complex omelet and know what's really going on? Sorry about the food metaphor there, but that's just the thing that popped in my head, right? Which is donuts and sugar and carbs is what, what our intellectual diet is today. Uh, we need a keto intellectual diet. <laughs> Seriously, we need some serious meat and protein going into our intellectual diet. And we just simply, we don't want to take the time to get it. So that's what we're going to do today. What I want to talk to you today, however, is this thing, this thing that's going on that, that Trump has a tendency to, to do, whether he does it by accident or on purpose, is highlights the, the hypocrisy. I hate using that word. It's so ubiquitous today. It seems to me that there ought to be another word besides hypocrisy that actually gives us... I don't know. It's been so used. It's so diluted. What is a stronger word for hypocrisy? How about lie? Right? Lie. I know we just accept lies today anyway. The media lies. Politicians lie. Congress lies. Everybody lies. So I don't know. This is what happens with the decline of morality. We just simply do not have words that can convey the depravity of the operations of these people in politics. Now, what I want to talk to you starting off today is this, this Trump, Donald Trump is suing House Democrats to block the release of his state tax returns from New York. Now, New York passed a law um, that, that said that uh, Donald Trump's tax returns can be overturned. This is Senator Ho uh, Hoyleman from New York. He says, Donald Trump has broken 40 years of political tradition by not releasing his tax returns. Now, his administration is precipitating a constitutional showdown by shielding the president from congressional oversight over those returns. He says, our system of checks and balances is failing. New York has a special role and a responsibility to step into the branch. Can I just simply pause there for a second and mention there's no mention of the Constitution? This system of checks and balances of Congress over the president. I am not denying that there is a specific role of Congress to engage in a check and balance of the president. But please tell me, what exactly is the article section and clause? What is the check and balance that exists in the office of Congress to have Donald Trump's private tax returns 
for when he was not even a president of the United States? How is that a congressional check on a president for activity of a man who was not even president at the time? That is not a check and balance. I, and to me, what emoluments, is that, is that the whole purpose? You want to know about foreign ties? You want to know, seriously, what is the article section and clause that says Congress has this oversight? Can I mention to you that if Donald Trump has broken tax laws in New York, that that would not be a congressional thing? If Donald Trump has violated the laws of New York in filing his taxes, that is not a congressional oversight thing. That is a criminal law thing in the state of New York. And the New York Department of Revenue ought to be reviewing the tax returns to determine whether Donald Trump has violated the law. There is no congressional oversight for Donald Trump's tax returns when he was a private citizen in New York. See this, I, I, again, I cannot keep from going back to this realization that, that the decline of America is this completely lost separation of borders between states and federal power. Now Congress is somehow the investigator of crimes that occur within the state of New York. And I want us to realize if we're going to, if, if people are going to be invoking the power of Congress to engage in a check and balance over the president of the United States, then we must, we must find a constitutional basis for that oversight. Impeachment, um, high crimes, misdemeanors, bribery, treason. Are these the kind of allegations that we are going to find? through Donald Trump's tax returns from New York. If that's what you're looking for, then file an indictment. I am dead serious here, people. Donald Trump's private tax returns as a private citizen have the right to due process. Donald Trump as the president of the United States has a right to due process. Because here's the bottom line, American people. If Donald Trump as president of the United States doesn't have the, the right to due process, then you and I don't have it. You don't even have an eye. You, you and I don't even have a modicum of, of, of hope of having some kind of due process. So why should Congress be allowed to have someone's private financial records without proper warrant, without proper allegation, without proper due process? So last month, New York uh, signed into law a bill known in the, as the Trust Act that permits tax officials to turn over Trump's state tax returns to any one of three congressional committees. Trump's lawsuit alleges that the House Way and Means Committee, their invocation of the Trust Act would, quote, lack a legitimate legislative purpose and that the law itself violates the First Amendment because the state of New York enacted it to discriminate and retaliate 
against President Trump for his speech and politics. I would like to see a lawsuit that actually says, you know, this is this is a law enacted to to punish a single person. No, it's not naming him in the law, but come on people. Seriously. Now I hated this headline. Uh, I have it up here on on YouTube if you're watching. Trump sues House Democrats to block release of his state tax returns. Reality, he's blocking the House Ways and Means Committee. He's blocking his returns being released to them from the state of New York. Trump claims that the House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal was initially reluctant to use the Trust Act because state tax returns have nothing to do with the reason he gave for requesting federal returns. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, set your calendars, put an alarm, whatever you want to do. Remember, tomorrow is our interview with Larry Stevenson, the bearded black cowboy, a.k.a. best firearms instructor in America. He uh, trains Tonto and Boone. He is the guy. And he's going to come uh, to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal with JC and I and talk about how uh, our constitutional training in August must be attended. So don't forget to come and uh, listen to tomorrow's show. Go to chrisannhall.com, click on the In Defense of Liberty banner, and sign up today. You don't want to miss this. Now, I'm going to repeat what I said as we were going into the break because I kind of ran over a little bit. He said, Donald Trump claims that the House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal was initially reluctant to use the Trust Act because the state tax returns have nothing to do with the reason he gave for requesting the president's federal returns. I want that to sink in just a little bit because I want you to remember when we covered the Supreme Court's, when we covered the Supreme Court's opinion in Department of Commerce v. New York, the census question, Roberts said that the census question could not be used, not because of things that were on record, but because the uh, because the Trump administration changed their reasoning for wanting the question. So they said, hey, Trump and his administration said one thing before the battle. Then as we were engaging in the legal battle, they came back and they said something else. So we, Robert says, we're not letting the census question in because the initial statement for the reason for wanting the census question is not the statement that is being proffered now. 
Now, Robert said, oh, look, the, the initial statement was racially motivated, but the legal official statement was we want to do this, right? So we have this legal boundary. This is what we're going to do. And the, and, and the bottom line is, Robert said, because your initial statement, which was not in the court record, by the way, does not match with your legal argument, we are going to declare that there is a bias in your desire to have the census question. And since we are comparing these two statements and we discover a bias, you cannot have your question in the census question in there. But now what we have is the exact same thing. So if this goes, Trump is suing, if this goes to the Supreme Court, we have the exact same formula. The House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal, reluctant to use the Trust Act because the state tax returns have nothing to do with the reason he gave for requesting the president's federal returns. What kind of legal argument are they going to come up with when we now have on the record the initial statement proving that a move forward with this Trust Act application would prove a bias. So the question will be, will the Supreme Court take a case of different fact scenario but fitting the exact same formula and come to the same conclusion? If they come to the same conclusion, they will have to say, the House Ways and Means Committee cannot have Donald Trump's New York tax returns because of the change in reasoning proves a bias. And because we have a change in reasoning that proves a bias, then guess what? We have to not allow it. Now that's if they allow this. Donald Trump says, under pressure from the House Democrats, uh, Chairman Neal has recently changed his tune and no longer opposes using the Trust Act. And if Neal were to invoke the law, Trump claims that it would prove he is trying to expose the president's financial information for political gain, not to study the IRS's audit procedure. See, same formula. Will they come with the same conclusion? The uh, IRS has an audit procedure to study, uh, to collect audits, uh, to, to look at tax returns, to study their audit procedure. But now, what's their excuse? As arrogant men tear up our constitution, and from every direction, we cry around. You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Got your Got Liberty t-shirt yet? Don't forget to go to chrisannhall.com. Click on the store and get your got get your Liberty First gear. Don't just pontificate, educate. Use these tools that we have: phone covers, coffee mugs, T-shirts, hoodies, uh, postcards, all kinds of stuff that you can order to make people ask you questions. 
So Donald Trump's lawsuit says that um, uh, states that the speed with which Neil could invoke the law and immediately obtain Trump's uh, state tax returns is what Trump uh, what prompted Trump to file the lawsuit. And he's demanding a permanent injunction uh, because it because the um, whole request lacks legitimate legislative purpose. Now, I want to show you because there the request for Donald Trump's tax returns falls under an IRS code, okay? It's a code 4.8.4.2.5. Audit of President and Vice President. It's a mandatory audit of presidents and vice presidents' tax returns. The individual, it reads, and I have it up here on YouTube if you want to look at it. The individual tax returns for the president and the vice president are subject to mandatory review and will be closed directly to the employee's audit reviewer in Baltimore Technical Services. The other box in the forward to technical services section must be checked and the examiner should note, notate president or vice president examination and then it gives the procedure. It says, the location of the returns of the president and the vice president will be monitored at all times through the examination process. The returns should be kept in an orange folder at all times. The returns should not be exposed to viewing by other employees. And the returns should be locked in a secure drawer or cabinet when the examiner is away from, from the work areas. Now, why am I telling you this? Because the reason that um, Nelson or Neil, the committee, uh, the uh, chairman of the, well, Chris Ann, the Ways and Means chairman, said that the president's federal tax returns need to be used to determine whether the mandatory presidential audit program at the IRS needs to be codified into federal law. So what he's saying is the reason we are asking for Donald Trump's federal tax returns, sneaky cheeky, is to determine whether 4.8.4.25 needs to be codified in federal law. Federal tax returns. Now, Donald Trump is absolutely correct in saying, what in the world does my state tax returns have to do with the mandatory federal audit program of presidents and vice presidents? Nothing. So the fact that Neil is now changing his tune, first he recognizes that the state tax returns have nothing to do with the IRS mandatory audit of presidents and vice presidents. He recognizes that. He's reluctant to use the Trust Act because it has absolutely nothing to do with his stated purpose to determine whether this audit of the president and vice president in the IRS code needs to, be, needs to be codified in federal law. He knows this is not, has, doesn't have any relevance to it all. And the fact that he now is reconsidering to use the Trust Act to, to get the president's tax returns proves that number one, their motive altogether in a whole 
has nothing to do with the IRS and everything to do with a, with a fishing expedition on Donald Trump. And number two, once again, remember, the formula of the Supreme Court in the census question, their motivation is clearly bias. Clearly bias. So if this goes to the Supreme Court, they have to follow the same formula. Will they follow the same formula? That will tell us to the degree of the bias held by the Supreme Court if they do not do this. Now, the second thing that I want us to recognize, because remember, the whole guise here, the whole cover here is congressional authority to check and balance Congress's check and balance on the executive branch. Where's the law? Well, we've just learned there is no law. The mandatory audit of the president and the vice president is not something that was created by Congress as a matter of law in a check and balance perspective. The mandatory audit of the president and the vice president is a regulatory action created by agents elected by no one. This is legislation without representation. Just one more, one more thing of legislation. Every, I, I wish that I actually had the time and the resources to go through all these agencies and show you how many, quote, laws are enforced on the American people and in this case, the president and the vice president, that are, not absolute, that are absolutely not laws at all, created by no legislator, voted on by no representative, ratified by no senator, signed by no president. Yet these executive agencies enforce them as if they were law. It's called the color of law. Seriously. How many IRS codes do you go to jail for? Do you have your wages garnished for? You have your assets frozen for that are not laws at all. This is ought to be the great political awakening of America. This ought to be the great political awakening of America. How we have appointed hired bureaucrats with absolutely no accountability. This is your swamp, by the way. They never leave. They're there through administration after administration after administration, and they are creating pseudo laws with real life consequences for you and me. So I just find this very, very interesting that we have a non-law that the that Neil, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, recognizes is not a federal law, but maybe we need to make it a federal law. This stuff, do you know why this stuff gets so confusing? I'll, I'll tell you simply why. Because it's outside the Constitution. Because they're making it up as they go along. The Constitution, can I just simply tell you this with with the most loving and stern face at the same time. The Constitution is a written contract 
to keep the government from doing the having the authority to do the things they're doing right now. The whole purpose for having a written constitution is so that the people will specifically know in writing what the federal government is allowed and not allowed to do to prevent them from displaying an illegal authority, from exercising a stolen authority, and James Madison called it a constructed authority that doesn't even exist, to actually do things they have no authority to do. It's simply an assumed authority. There's In the legal field, there's a difference between legal authority and assumed authority. Legal authority is something that is done within the terms and the limits of the law, within the terms and the boundaries of the authorization of whatever government is doing this. An assumed authority is one that does not legally exist, one that is presented as an authority but is not real. It's a counterfeit. But then the people, because we don't know any better, simply assume that it's real because the people in power tell us it's real. There's no critical analysis. There's no check and balance on the on the person level, no check and balance on the state level, no check and balance on the local level as our constitutional republic was designed to have. It's just simply the people saying, oh, well, Congress passed a law, so it must be. I had this, this mind-numbing, head-banging conversation on Twitter with this young lady who's so stinking arrogant and in law school. If Congress passes a law, then we have to follow it. It's Congress, it passes law, so the supremacy clause says that it is the supreme law of the land. I just wish that we could just bust open the mentality of these people and let them see how they're actually, actually promoting the institution of slavery. I mean, this is just seconds away from the legalization of slavery. And I and I think that this is something that's very very important for us to understand. Trump. Man, he stirs up some stuff, doesn't he? So the NAACP calls for Trump's impeachment in a unanimous vote, and you can guess why? Because he's the most racist president that has ever held office. Eh. No, he's not. Can we talk for just a few minutes as the rest of our show is complete? We got the little bit of this segment and the last segment about who is actually the most racist president that America has ever had. You know him. His name is Woodrow Wilson. What's crazy is he is heralded as a progressive hero in the Democrat Party. You don't have any of these millennials wanting to tear down monuments for Woodrow Wilson and demanding that he be excluded from the history books and they never have to read from him again. But in reality, when we come back after the break, I am going to show you a litany of Woodrow Wilson's actions that absolutely prove that this Democrat president, with the exception of maybe Lincoln, was the most racist president 
America has ever seen. The Chris Ed Hall Show. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Freedom plus morality is liberty. Man, I wish we could get that stuck into our heads. So the NAACP is demanding that Trump be impeached, you know, because he's this racist president. Mexicans, all Mexicans are are, um, murderers and rapists, and he treats all women, you know, whatever, right? He hates black people. Well, let's look at this. Woodrow Wilson. When Woodrow Wilson arrived in the nation's capital in March 1913, he brought with him an administration loaded with white supremacists. Wilson's lieutenants segregated offices, harassed black workers, and removed black politicians from political appointments held by black men for more than a generation. Can I just repeat that? The federal government prior to Woodrow Wilson was desegregated. Hundreds of black men and women working side by side with white men and women in the federal government, in a place where, in, in a time where we could actually argue that there were places and states and cities and counties where segregation was actively being enforced at this point in time in history, the federal government was not until Woodrow Wilson's came. Woodrow Wilson's administration saw not just the end of a few black republic, the careers of a few black Republicans, and its impact was not merely the result of one man's prejudice. It was an attack on a nationally known and symbolic black middle class. This is an article that I'll be sharing with you on the website that gives you a whole lot more proof than I can give you. Woodrow Wilson segregated the federal government. When the 1912 elections handed handed Democrats executive and legislative control over Washington, many administrators and congressmen arrived with more specific goal of redeeming the capital for white supremacy. This is, this is a quote from Woodrow Wilson's assistant secretary to the treasury, John Skelton Williams. Long ago, we determined that the Negro never should be our master. He was going to establish a stern final def- and, and uh, de- def- definite prohibition on any social or political equality. Wilson appointed white men to important executive positions usually held by black politicians and racist bureaucrats went out of their way to humiliate, demote, and dismiss ordinary black clerks. Under the Wilson administration, there was actually a black man. So all black people were segregated in their federal offices. They were never allowed to work side by side with white people anymore. Well, there is one black man who could not be removed. He was absolutely essential in his office. The Woodrow Wilson administration required a cage to be built around this man. Woodrow Wilson administration's belief was that good government is white government. Black Americans resisted and protested against these federal discriminations, but 
The Democrats and Woodrow Wilsonians were so powerful they couldn't overcome this ideology. Now let me show you, there is a, a, a film, a major motion picture called The Birth of a Nation, created and produced by the KKK. It is the first American motion picture to be screened in the White House, and it was screened by Woodrow Wilson. This Democrat president, the first American motion picture to be screened in the White House, was a film by the KKK presented by Woodrow Wilson. I, I simply do not understand this this ignorance of history, it takes 30 seconds to find this stuff on the internet. How is it that in a generation of millennials who actually can't think on their own, simply staring at their phones and their tablets all day long, Google everything, they can't discover that the Democrat Party and the president of 1913 was actually a racist. Under Woodrow Wilson, black incomes plummeted, black employment plummeted, segregation increased, racism and hatred was, was condoned. None of the exact opposite is happening under Donald Trump's administration. And yet you hear the exact opposite from the media. Let's encourage our culture to not be media stupid. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow.